Welcome to the Red Net Show, where it's always morning, even in the afternoon. I am your host, Jay Edgar, and I'm joined to the other side of the screen by my wonderful co-host, Elaine. Elaine, how was your week this week so far? Pretty good. How was yours? It was uh, good. Uh, we've, we've definitely had a week, that's for sure. I know that you and I have been tweeting <laughs> incessantly about everything that's going, going on here, and we've uh, been taking bets as to how long it is going to be that we're going to be talking about this mess that happened on Wall Street this week, and it's going to be a big one, that's for sure here, but this is the Red Net Show. So, we've got a couple announcements before we get into much of anything else. First and foremost, for those of you over on the big six platforms that we normally stream on here, I want to take some time and have you guys welcome in a new audience. We have joined in as we are currently trying to marry our two communities together a little bit, uh, more deeply we are joined now by elaine's facebook page as well so for those of you that are watching over on the facebook page yeah by my community we are now streaming to my facebook page which has close to forty thousand followers and we are already at 100 viewers right now <laughs> and they are very active in the chat and saying hello so hi i'm really glad you're here um, if you guys want to interact with other people that are in the conversation that are on other platforms other than facebook um hop over to our YouTube channel or Twitch or one of the other channels so that you can see everyone's comments from all of the platforms that we stream to. I will only see the Facebook comments. So some of my responses may not make sense because I might be talking to someone else. So if you want to stay on Facebook, that's totally fine. You just won't be able to see everyone's comments from everywhere else. So just keep that in mind. Yep. And everything, I put a handy link in the description everywhere. So I think actually the Twitch uh, link is expired. I don't think I've changed that yet, but I actually changed that just recently. So that's not Ed's blog Twitter anymore. That is twitch.tv slash jedgar101 if you want to get in over on the Twitch side. So, and those of you over and my audience, please be very welcoming to the new audience coming in. Get some conversation going with there. And as always, we will take a conversation on all platforms between topics, including YouTube, DLive, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook on both audiences, and Trovo. So if you've got questions, get them in and we will check that out as well. Also, as far as community building goes, uh, we have made the decision that we're going to start moving away from the Discord community um, after that's after we just put webhooks into the uh, Discord community, Elaine has taken the day and started building a uh, gilded server for our uh, our show. 
She also worked a little bit on the generational gap and doing a full community sweep for the Freedom Scoop Media Group, which means that you will also be able to see and possibly interact with different uh, programs such as The Generational Gap, The Daily Ignoramus, The Freckles and Brit Show, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, and the R-rated conservative community. So come on over there and check that out as well. Links will be coming. And uh, throughout this week, I'm going to go through, I'm actually going to clean up because a lot of the stuff that is in the description right now is old information, so I'm going to go and clean a lot of that up and get the credit where credit is due and get that all set up as well. Those of you over on the main channels also see that we got a new background. Thanks once again to my wonderful co-host who has been instrumental in helping to start build up some of this here. Brand new, uh, brand new tile for the audio platforms, brand new tile for the back of the screen, and it looks great. I actually got a new uh, title card for Contemporary, too, which I was pretty pumped about as well. So thank you very much for that. You are welcome. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. We're already at 100 viewers, so it's going to be very active today. I might talk a little less during the news segments because I'm usually the one who keeps up with the chat. So we'll, you know, this is the first time we've done this with everybody from my platform, too. So mm -hmm. um, it'll just take us a couple weeks to get used to it. But we should get rolling on the news, don't you think? We should, by the way, it just, I never noticed this before, but it does look like Facebook is working in the main chat. I noticed that. So I'm going to not worry about Facebook. Um, for those of you who are Facebook users, I've been having issues with my desktop for like two weeks. It keeps timing out and giving me errors. It's very irritating. So I'm really glad that you're all getting pulled into my restream chat so that uh, I can still interact with you and not have to fight with my computer. So yay. Well. We have got some stuff to get to here today, so we're going to move right in onto this as well. Uh, just a little bit of a catch-up from news stories from the past weeks. Um, actually, should I... Well, no, we don't have to tease the topics. Everybody knows what happened this week. But uh, we do have to take a little bit of time and catch up a little bit on uh, what happened in some past stories and some smaller stories that happened throughout the week. Uh, first and foremost on the list today, a group in Colorado County or I'm sorry, a group in a Colorado county, seeks secession from state to join Wyoming. Uh, the Hill reports a group of disenfranchised Colorado residents are exploring the possibility of annexing from their home state and changing boundary lines to uh, so their entire county becomes a part of Wyoming. Uh, Christopher Richards is leading the effort with his Weld County Wyoming political committee created last February, according to local outlet Fox 31 KDVR. So they're pushing right now to get the ballot initiative on to the 2021 ballot that they're going to be having, just basic local elections there. And we will see if the lines get drawn or not. I'm not really sure what the process is behind all of that, what has to go on with that, if there's got to be money exchanged or interstate commerce or if Congress has to get involved. But uh, yes, this county is looking to try and join Wyoming. Okay, more power to them. I mean, they annex, they annex cities into, they annex cities into big metro areas, like Indianapolis has done that in the past. And I think Atlanta has as well. Um, and I believe Nashville has too. So that's not uncommon for it to happen at the local level, but I'm really interested to see how far they get with this going from one state to another state, because that would literally change over all of their infrastructure to their new state mm -hmm. and their tax level and like everything. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, part of that does seem to be it's because of the taxation that's going on from Colorado. And one of the quotes that I read from, because I read this article this morning, one of the quotes from the article stated that, uh, Boulder and Denver only care about Boulder and Denver. So the largely ranching community of this county 
is pretty much getting the shaft out of the capital. So that's that's why they're trying to make the move. Plus, this shoots a an old George Carlin joke right in the ass because George Carlin stated <laughs> that it was easier to make Colorado into the prison farm for the drug addicts and alcoholics because it was square and those were cheaper to fence off. It will no longer okay. be square at that point. <laughs> uh, a little bit of news from the Lincoln Project and all the fun that those guys had over there. After coming out and saying that they needed to move the Republican Party back to its Jesus, Jesus conservative roots, Lincoln Project co-founder John Weaver exits after reportedly sexting young men. This is from Kathy Ann Boniallo over at the New York Post. So essentially it turns out that uh, John Weaver has been sexting with, uh, with young men. Now, it was mentioned in the live chat this morning. Once again, this is one that I pulled over from uh, my morning show this morning that uh, this may have been going on with somebody who was as young as 14. I have seen no justification for that. I've seen no confirmation for that, but that has been rumored. But it does appear that this is a gigantic Me Too, except it's with young men instead of young women. Okay. I mean, men can be victim to, victimized too. So yeah, it is a Me Too movement because anybody can be a victim of harassment and misconduct. So I wish, I wish for the best for the victims. And as far as I'm concerned, the Lincoln Project can just cease to exist. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm very big onto that one. One for me too. And it's just like, I, I don't care who you sleep with or how you pee. That's always been my judge judgmental yeah i i've never cared about that but it's just it's funny to me that these people are trying to move the gop back into their jesus jesus christian conservative party and uh then this comes out so well good luck to the victims and good luck to weaver as well uh, a little bit of news from election time here. Arizona's largest county unanimously votes to conduct full forensic audit of election equipment after the inauguration. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it afterward. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors voted unanimously last week to conduct a full forensic audit of election equipment in Arizona's largest county. And their reasoning for this, of course, was to make sure that their constituents feel that the election was as safe and as secure and accurate as possible. Okay. <laughs> that should have been done two months ago. Probably. All right, then. <laughs> uh, the anti-vax crowd got a little bit of attention this week. Uh, reading from CBS, anti-vaccination protests temporarily shut down Dodgers Stadium mega vaccination site. So a bunch of anti-vaxxers decided to stage a demonstration outside of the Dodger Stadium saying that coronavirus was fake and that vaccination is evil. And I'm sure there was many, many, many other things that went along with that. But uh, they got it to a point that they shut the entire system down. Now, at this point, nobody has missed an appointment. They were able to go back and reschedule appointments. Everybody who wanted to get the vaccine got the vaccine thus far. But... They got it shut down temporarily. Any commentary on that? I know you're in the chat. No, I'm in the chat. <laughs> they are very active. Yeah. That's good, though. Okay. So 
What are our big news stories for this week? Oh, I've still got lightning round going. Still? Yeah. Okay. Lightning round needs to go more like lightning. <laughs> well, I was waiting for you to comment back on the anti-vaxxer one. Um, I hadn't seen that one. I did see the story about the, I think it was a bunch of nurses that broke down on the highway or something in Seattle or their, their like refrigeration unit on the truck that was carrying the vaccines broke down and they basically went car to car on the interstate and were like, do you want to get vaccinated? Do you want to be vaccinated? Cause all okay, these. That would freak the fuck be- out of me. Would it would scare the crap out. out of me if someone knocked on the window of my car and was like, do you want to get vaccinated? <laughs> Have you heard of our Lord and Savior, Dr. Fauci? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one here from Chicago Public Schools. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot says CPS will take action if CTU teachers don't report to the classrooms on Monday. So as we talked about last week, the Chicago Public Schools and the Chicago Teachers Unions are at an impasse as to whether or not they are coming back to school. Well, Lightfoot came down and said, uh, if your ass isn't in that classroom, then you're not going to be eligible for certain things. Now, she can't come out and just start firing people, but there's going to start to be punitive action if uh, they're not sitting in the classroom going on that. Now, as a mother of a school-aged uh, child, I'm sure that you've got at least a little bit of an opinion on what's going on with this. I mean, my child went back to school in August. And they have had no problems whatsoever. And he doesn't go to a small school to begin with. They have 25 kids, I think, in each class at least. Um, but they're, I mean, they. if you're not going to have them in the building and everyone is doing everything remotely, I mean, I realize that there are still staff costs and things like that associated with it, but come on. Like they're reopening, they've reopened California even though California has a higher rate of infection right now than they did when they closed. And I had COVID, my child was around me when I had COVID and when I had symptoms, like I wasn't asymptomatic. He was around me for the first like four days that I had it until I knew that I had it. He never got sick. He never showed any symptoms whatsoever. Not all kids are like that. You should definitely have options available for kids who are immunocompromised or whose parents are not comfortable with it, but it should not be up to the teachers. Like policy has proven that they need to all go back to school. Mm-hmm. And if there are outliers where the kids need, um, you know, to, to be at home for a little bit longer, they need a hybrid schedule or something like that to minimize their risk. And then that's up to the parents and the teachers to, you know, work together and come up with a plan, but you can't just suspend school forever. Yeah. I realize that they're in school, but it's remote. And some of these kids, their parents are probably back to working full time. They're at a babysitter all day or, you know, paying a nanny or a tutor to, to do this stuff with your child remotely is extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can afford that forever. So I have lots of thoughts, but they're all over the place. Well, as we'll see. Can. We will see what happens in the city of Chicago. Um, I got to draw a little bit more on your, uh, knowledge of being a mother here. So did you see this wild story this week about the uh, the baby sleep guru who everybody loved up until they found out that she doted $1,000 to the Trump campaign? Everyone has political opinions. I do not know why this is shocking to people. Yeah. Well, like, we all have, <laughs> we all have political opinions. Well, I guess uh, there's a big boycott against this woman. So Kara 
Dumoplin, the creator of the popular Taking Care of Babies Instagram account, gave a total of 1,078 to the Make America Great Again Committee and Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated, according to the FEC records. Dumoplin is an Arizona-based neonatal nurse who amassed more than 1.3 million followers on social media, where she provides parents with techniques to send their young children to sleep. And okay. now everybody hates her. Does her political opinion make her any less effective at her job? If not, then I do not care. <laughs> she could be the biggest Biden supporter in the world or the biggest Trump supporter in the world. But if it if it does not make her any less effective at her job, I could not care less. And it's really none of my business. And that's really the way that it should be. But uh, I know that that's been the big cancel culture, uh, culture moment throughout the past four years. Mm-hmm. We've got the perennial uh, amendment Back on the news here, this time coming from Senator Cruz. Senator Cruz reintroduces amendment imposing term limits on members of Congress. It's dead on arrival, but he has done it. Yeah. Will, will somebody else will do it next year. Yep, it's one of those bills that never goes anywhere, which sucks. So <laughs> it's worth noting because, you know, a lot of us are very interested in the idea of putting term li- limits on them. But, yeah, this one's pretty well dead on arrival, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you agree on that one uh, quest, quest our friend quest fanning said um does the sleep lady suggest biden speeches to put children to sleep <laughs> <laughs> okay i uh, got a little bit of news from uh the office of the former president yes you heard that right donald trump opened up the office of the former president from mar-a-lago this week Um, Former President Donald Trump announced Monday the official opening of the office of the former president in Palm Beach County, Florida, which is tasked with overseeing the 45th president's official activities in his post-presidency life. This is just an epic, epic troll, and I think he got some of the bait off of this one here. I know you did an interaction with with this tweet that I'm going to pull up here. But yeah, that's Mm -hmm. the that's officially from the office of Donald J. Trump that you see up on the screen there. Um, As far as what happened with this one here, Pam Keith tweeted out. You heard it here first. If we do not contain Trump by impeachment or indictment in a few months, he will start to run a shadow government from Mar-a-Lago and at least a dozen governors will start to take their orders from him. Oh, my God, the horror. She needs her meds. (laughs) Like, I don't know what law school that woman went to. Also, I can tell that she's a Democrat because it says so on her profile, but it just kills me that they're using the same argument that the right uses about gun control. Like, gun control laws are not going to stop criminals from committing crimes. And she's saying, we must make laws so that he can't do this. (laughs) If he was going to break the law already or do something that you thought was wrong, that you thought you could get passed into law, he would do it anyway. All right, I got one more here, then we're going to get into the big news of the week here. Uh, This one will end us on a little bit of a positive note. So, according to NPR, which I'm not going to read in my NPR voice like I do on the morning show, the first private crew will visit the space station. The price tag is $55 million each. So it looks like four millionaires are going to be, uh, billionaires probably, are going to be going up to go visit the the space station. Coming up here uh, next January is one that's going to be going, so... This Are they be... coming back? Is this one way or round trip? This is round trip. Okay. Just checking. I can think of a few people that would probably be like, no, I'm just going to stay up here. It's a lot less scary. 
Well, it actually looks like they are going up there to, uh, they're going to be doing some research. So um, I know one of them is working with Mayo Clinic and Cleveland Clinic on some research projects, uh, according to Axiom. Uh, Pathy will collaborate with the Canadian Space Agency and the Montreal Children's Hospital. Stibby plans to do experiments for Israeli researchers, working with the Ramon Foundation for Israeli Space Agency. So they're not just going up there to say, hey, I went to space because I've got a buttload of money. They're actually, looks like they're trying to do some good with this as well, but also funding the private market and, you know, the private market doing better than the government can. They do still have to go through extensive NASA training, though, so the government does still have their fingers in this, but... This will be the first uh, mission that is entirely manned by private citizens. Can they pay in Bitcoin? It's possible. Asking. That would be the ultimate, like, capitalism. <laughs> well, you can pay to go to the moon with Doge or, or Bitcoin. <laughs> well, I got to say, that is actually probably the perfect transition to what uh, we're going to be talking about at the lead here. So I'm going to have you take this one away because you seem to know a lot more about what happened here than I did. And I'm just catching up to this at the beginning. So kind of give us a little bit of background and walk us through where this all started and how we landed where we are. Okay, that's I'm glad that you think so highly of me, but I have literally only been on Reddit five times total in my entire life, and I have no idea how it works. So all I can figure out is that there is a forum on Reddit. So this is for people who don't know what Reddit is. There, I'm sure there's a lot of you, like me, who have no <laughs> idea how this site works. Um, to me, it's like this giant black hole. So um, <laughs> there's a forum on Reddit where I guess they always talked about, like, I don't know, stocks, Wall Street, the activity on Wall Street, um, what the hedge funds were doing and stuff. Well, they somehow managed to get one step ahead of the hedge funds and see what they were doing with squeezing these short stocks or short selling these stocks, or I don't know the terminology. And they decided that they, they figured out that these hedge funds were just buying up all this GameStop, GameStop stock say that five times fast and I, it's not difficult I, I read the song um, contemporary every morning i i understand the struggle on that one now i know why people say stonks because that's easier <laughs> <laughs> um so they figured out what they were doing with gamestop and they said we're going to beat them to the punch we're going to buy up all the stocks and we're going to hold them long enough to make them have to sell theirs um sooner than they want to before the price drops so that's what they did. Like they just got a whole bunch of people on board to start buying these stocks and everybody was holding and it turned into a thing. Like it really actually, there were so many people that did it, that it affected the stock market. It made GameStop's stock price shoot up per share. And then immediately when they figured out that it was working, they said, okay, well, let's do another one next. And they went to AMC and then they held AMC stock. I, I have a friend who's, I think, I think she put in like $2,500 and she's made over 30000 on nice. AMC. It's insane. Like, she's just like, I'm going to pay off my house. It's going to be great. So, so I want to back it's up. It's obviously working, but it's scaring the crap out of these hedge funds. So I want to um, back you up here just a little bit because, yeah. um, I, and I almost know nothing about what's going on here either because I've never really been involved in the stock market myself. But um, some of the differences from what you're saying is it wasn't that they were buying up the stock. So when they do a short sell like this, they they go out and borrow a bunch of stock and then they go back and they sell it at a price, hoping that it'll drop and then go buy it back at the lower price. 
then give the stock back to who they borrowed it from and pocket the difference is, is what the, we're trying to do with this. They're trying to go back and make money off this. Gambling against a company that they believe is going to fail, which the um, the metaphor has been made that this is like going to somebody's wedding and betting on how long it uh, how long the wedding or marriage is going to last. Which is which, which I may or may not have done before. It is rude. You should not do that. Well, <clears throat> sometimes you just know, I guess. So this is uh, the chart of uh, what GameStop stock did this week. You can see where they went in and started buying in on the 27th, where it just it went from just a touch. And they, it was already starting to go up. It was hovering just around the $100 mark because we just had a new console drop. And GameStop stock always goes up under a new console drop because they're one of the best places you can go to have one physically in hand that same day. So it went back. It shot up. Um, it went through. Then... And we'll talk a bit a bit more about what Robinhood did. It dropped off right now as of this afternoon when I uh, pulled the picture for this. It was at uh, 217.95 a share, which is still huge, but it had dropped 32 points from yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, good job on this and everything else that everybody did with this. But the reason that everybody was scrambling and we saw the Dow drop throughout the week today and I think last Thursday when Robinhood was restricting the sale of this were the only two they days still are. of the Biden presidency that the stock market went in a positive direction. It has gone down every other day of the Biden administration. <laughs> For now, until we get into how many wars? Yeah, that's that's going to be coming. We'll, we'll be talk talking about, about that, that later. Yes. Um, I did buy defense contractor stocks because uh, I, I know what's coming. Um, yeah, at 70 billion in losses for multiple, like that's a combined total among uh, several capital hedge fund groups. And um, one of them has already gotten a two, $2 billion bailout from Mets owner Steve Cohen. He's uh, part of Melvin Capital. So he's already had to put $2 billion of his own money into Melvin Capital to make up for the losses that they had. I think at one point they had $30 billion in losses which is insane. I mean, that's just, that is money on a magnitude that people that are not at that level, just, we cannot comprehend it. It's, it's literally to the point where it's like money just isn't even real anymore. It's, it's literally an imaginary number mm -hmm. because I can't imagine that much money, having that much money at my disposal, having access to it, like anything. Um, and it, that's just wild. No, it's it definitely is, but I mean, just the fact that they did this, and the the big players in there, especially the ones over on the people that you wouldn't think would be the ones, especially Ben Shapiro. I'm a libertarian, Ben Shapiro. You know, he always comes out and says that. Um, he was one of the big ones out there that was coming out and saying that uh, I mean, this was a problem, and alluding to the fact to some of these people that this was illegal, which I don't believe it was illegal for them to do. Tim Pool has come out and called this the GameStop Rebellion, which I actually can't think of a better name for it. It is, and I don't know if you saw the news story. I think it came out yesterday. Um, they put a hold on Blue Painter's tape and put it across the bowl that looks down Wall Street um, over the bowling green. They put it over his forehead, and then they put another one, um, I think, on his lip or something like that. I didn't see that, but otherwise that NYPD would be on the screen right thought, now. 
NYPD thought that the appropriate response was to ta- was to station two counterterrorism officers next to the bull <laughs> over some blue painters tape. So it's uh, I mean, this whole the story has been wild. Um, some of the developments that have come up off of this, they found out. Uh, various people over on Reddit and other news sites have found out that the hedge funds were borrowing 140% of the available stock. So they were borrowing more stock to sell than actually existed. Right. That's that's nuts, too. Like, I don't understand how that could be legal. That's the question. Because the legality of everything that comes off of this has been discussed, including, well, hedge funds, are they're just doing free market capitalism. Well, they're no, not, they're though. not. That's, that's got to be illegal if they're selling more product than what is available. Right. I mean, if, if there are laws in place that allow them to do that, one, that doesn't mean that they're right. Two, who signed them into law? These hedge, these hedge fund managers, people that, that manage this kind of money, of this magnitude, which mm-hmm. I was just talking about, these are the people that dump a hundred million dollars into a super PAC for a candidate. That's those people. So they have people that work for Biden on speed dial <laughs> and they're just, they just call and they're just like, excuse me. No, I am not losing all of this money. Otherwise I am never donating to you again. Well, and that's been one of the big questions that comes off of this. And I've, you know, I've talked a little bit about this, and I put some uh, a few things up in the notes here. First off, Elizabeth Warren has been very, 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 very vocal about this because, you know, the the casino and the stock market and all the little people and everything off of this. But, I mean, one of the big questions that popped up throughout all of this is what happens now when the government comes invo- uh, gets involved and bails, uh, bails these companies out. Right. Which I think yeah, is- exactly. They're going to end up bailing them out anyway, like they bailed them out before, and everybody's going to get mad. And, you know, people that don't sell off at the right time, you know, like you and I, people that from the forum or whatever, mm-hmm. they could lose a lot of money, like a lot of money for them, like relative to them. Yeah, and it's the question came up on Twitter. I mean, what do we what do we do if the government comes and bails these companies out? And uh, my first response immediately was, well, we can get outraged, but you know, by that time, CNN will find something else to happen in the Federal Apprentice. So we'll get outraged on that, and we'll forget this whole thing ever happened. I don't know. So, and you you brought up while you were talking about this the fact that. Uh, these redditors are starting to try and move on into other stocks. This is all starting to slow down a little bit too. So people are getting bored. People are starting to forget about this, but they did move on into some other stocks that were possibly on the edge and were getting shorted as well. Um, AMC was one of them that you brought up. American Airlines was one that came up on this. Nokia was one that came up on this. When we uh, did across the board this weekend, we talked about uh, Radio Shack as being one of them. And they have also been shorted into almost non-existence. At which point I actually went in and bought $20 worth of Radio Shack today just for the fuck of it. Just for the hell of it. Radio Shack still exists. Apparently. Apparently they still um, have how some. Much are they, hold on. How much are their stocks right now? How much are their shares? Seven cents. 
<laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> what do you think I put 20 bucks into it? And another one that was talked about, well, we'll talk about that in just a second, but uh, was Dogecoin, a complete meme currency that was never meant to be anywhere serious. And now the talk on Twitter and on Reddit is to see if they can get Dogecoin up to a dollar a coin. A dollar, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's at, I, people are saying that this one is different from Bitcoin um, because I don't know if there's, there's no limit, I think, on what can be mined. I think that's what the difference is. Okay. So I don't think it's ever going to go up to what Bitcoin is at now, where Bitcoin's over like 30000 a share. But even if, even if it only ever got up to $200 a share, if you bought in when it was a penny, you're going to make a buttload of money. Mm-hmm. Especially if you bought in with like $2,500 or something like that when it was, you know, one cent. And it goes up to two hundred dollars. You're rich. Yeah. Well, people were starting to buy into this when it was at like a tenth of a cent. Right. And exactly. even there, if you throw a twenty dollar bill at it, when it's at a tenth of a cent, and they do somehow Reddit their way into this goal for twenty bucks, you're not let's rich, but you're everybody... comfortable. Yeah. Let's just make everybody rich by doing that stuff. Because that, because stuff like that, hedge funds won't touch that because they see it as too high of a risk. It took them this long to finally take Bitcoin seriously. And Bitcoin's been around for, what, close to 20 years now? So it took them, so they're 20 years late to the party with crypto. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking at all these altcoins and they're like, mm, maybe Ethereum, maybe Litecoin, like maybe. But they're they're not going to go buy Dogecoin. <laughs> Like, why would they do Dogecoin. that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I actually so, just set yeah, up my crypto they, wallet so I could go buy Dogecoin. Yeah, they they poo pooed cryptocurrency for forever. I mean, they they were still saying, "Oh, it's it's a scam, it's a scam." When I bought into it several years ago, before it even hit 10k, I think I bought into it when it was six thousand a share for Bitcoin or six thousand per coin. Of course, I didn't buy a whole coin, but I put a little bit of money into it. Mm-hmm. And then I freaking sold it when it was at 10 and I've totaled, that's like the biggest regret. Like yeah, it biggest was at 33 regret. this morning. I know, it was at like 35 or something like that last week. I deeply regret selling my Bitcoin. <laughs> hold, hold the Bitcoin, okay? Don't sell it. And hold Wait till it hits 100,000. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about this week, especially with everything that was going on with this, is what these companies could possibly do because I mean GameStop was valued more than Tesla for a while I don't know if you saw that or not but yeah because um, I have Tesla too so I could see like Tesla lost and silver and um, AMC were the only ones that had gained yeah but I wanted to just touch on what what we could see possibly from some of these companies, what some of these companies could do with this money that they now have sitting in here. So I have one here where a company had, actually, I think you brought this to my attention, but uh, what a company has done with this so far, uh, just reading briefly from Polygon, meme stock rally rescues AMC theaters from $600 million in debt. Uh, this week's bizarre meme stock rally, which has delivered lottery-like windfalls for holders of GameStop stock, also wiped out $600 million of debt. 
owned by the AMC theater chain. That's because on Wednesday, a private equity firm named Silver Lake, and private equity firms are popularly considered the bad guys in this snobs versus slobs drama, elected to convert the corporate bonds it held into AMC Entertainment Holdings stock. Although the theater chain stock price has tumbled in sorts since their move, the debt relief is permanent, so they're they're in the green again. After the commie coup wiped them out uh, in very very big order, they're they're sitting back in the green, and we could possibly see some good things from them. Yeah, I mean AMC AMC was already going to have to change their their business model to survive. I saw I saw a news story a few months ago about them actually renting out their theaters for people to use for like premieres and things like that. They'll do that now, mm-hmm. but I mean they have so many empty theaters now. That they're just like, yeah, 90 bucks, you can have it for an hour or two hours. That's a deal. Well, yeah, anything like that you, you want to make some positive cash flow. Or heck, even if you wanted to just like get people together and have a movie night and like just sit all spread out, you know, if you weren't comfortable sitting next to each other, it's like at least some kind of semblance of community. You know, everybody pitch in 10 bucks and you get to go, I'll go to the theater and watch a movie that you probably all picked out that you know you all like mm-hmm. or a new one that you might've wanted to see, but couldn't because it never went to theaters or the theaters closed before you could get to see it. I could, I, I, I could see that. I could see a bunch of people getting together and being like, let's have a Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings marathon in a theater. Like that'd be fun. I do it. Well, you probably drag me along guys. to see movies that I've never seen before, <laughs> including all you the movies. Seen any mo- okay. <sighs> Facebook followers. Ed has not seen so many movies. He told me last week that he has not seen Hocus Pocus. This is a Guilty. travesty. Exactly. I've also so only I've seen one Harry Potter movie. I constantly suggest movies that he has seen, that he should see. Or I will quote a movie, which I often do. If you know me in real life, you know that I quote movies all of the time. And he'll just be like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, it's from a movie. Okay, well, I'm not going to know what that movie is. And I'm like, really? Like, I could mm-hmm. say Princess Bride. And he would be like, what? Guilty. Yeah, it's awful. You see? See? Go watch The Princess Bride this weekend, for God's sakes. Is it streaming somewhere? Or do I have to go find a physical copy? Just Google it. (laughs) You can probably watch it on YouTube, actually. Probably. But going back on to what we were uh, saying with this, so, I mean, you were talking about AMC renting out their theaters just so they actually have some money coming in. I speculated, and I've speculated from some what some of these companies could do. I mean, GameStop, a brick-and-mortar mall store in an era where malls are dying, is not going to be doing very well here. But like AMC, I thought maybe if they've got that kind of positive cash flow, could they do something to reward their hold, uh, shareholders, like actually making a streaming service for the new movies coming out to try and piggyback on what Disney did? Or maybe giving away free popcorn instead of charging $10. Oh, there's that. <laughs> but, but I'm thinking what it is that they could do to try because I mean I, I see social distancing sticking around for a while into all this here so I mean if you can pipe a movie in to your home for 25 bucks because it's ridiculous that Disney is charging 30 for it but if you can pipe one in for, for 25 bucks cut out uh, Disney off of this and you know there's your streaming service there's, uh, there's something else people can subscribe to get them a free subscription and then pay per view on the movies Mm-hmm. That could be something that they could do, and they could update their technology to do, and then Maybe. people would still have the option too to you know sit and watch the movie at home or go to the theater when the theater is open back up. 
or like GameStop could start a digital game, like a, a Steam competitor almost, I would think, could be one of the things there that they could do. BlackBerry and Nokia were on that list. I could see possibly, you know, a new Nokia smartphone running a BlackBerry operating system, a competitor to Google and Apple for sure. I would actually buy that probably, I'm not going to lie. Um, what are your thoughts on any of that? I mean, I'm sure that they'll come up with some ideas and hopefully they're good ones. Hopefully it keeps the company afloat. Um, I did get some blowback for being happy about it because people were like, oh, it's owned by China. They employ 40,000 people in the United States, which overall is 40,000 a lot. No, because we have 320 million people that live in this country. But but if if Reddit saves 40,000 jobs, they're already doing better than Joe Biden. Because he <laughs> killed at least 40,000 once stopping the Keystone XL pipeline. Oh, <laughs> hey, see, see, Wyatt hasn't seen the Princess Bride either. Of course, what he's also nineteen. He's also nineteen. Okay, see that that I can understand. You, you're just unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> so onto this saga going on here. We tease this just a bit here. Uh, this. Brian Nichols put out a tweet and said, this is probably illegal, but Robinhood has stopped users from uh, trading GameStop stocks, other Reddit uh, YOLO picks. So with that, now that's not entirely accurate, the headline that came from Vice, Robinhood stopped users from buying GameStop stock. They, you could still sell it. You could sell it all day, all day and night, but you could not buy it anymore once they uh, put everything up into a in a place for no, this. and then and then I think they switched it to where you could buy it, but you couldn't sell it. They were forcing you to hold, so that the hedge funds could dump theirs before you could dump yours. They that were basically I didn't pitting, know. They were basically pitting all of the re, like they were basically flipping it to where um, instead of the retail buyers forcing the hedge funds to hold, the hedge funds were forcing the retail buyers to hold all of the individuals that had done it. Now, see, that I didn't know. So I knew about the... Uh, I, think, I think. I knew about the block on sale. I, I knew about that. Mm -hmm. And that was... Yeah, but hedge funds could sell. Yeah. They weren't making everybody hold it. They were only making individuals hold it. They only stopped it through E-Trade and Ameritrade and Robinhood and all of those. I still can't buy it on Cash App. That's where I have my stocks. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Again, how is this legal? Yeah. We're probably about to find out. It will be months and months and months of congressional hearings. Um, and then the government will just do what they always do, and they will protect their own. They will protect the people that feed them, that donate millions and millions of dollars through Act Blue and Win Red and fund their campaigns. Is there a super PAC that says yellow in it somewhere? I have no idea. Hmm. Just wondering. Well, there does seem to be some sort of a government pushback to this here. This uh, breaking today, I actually added this to the notes because I found it while I was filling out the rest of the notes. Um, GameStop saga revives calls in Congress for a financial transaction tax. What? Uh, Why? 
This is from Yahoo Finance. Uh, The battle between Reddit traders and the Wall Street elite has renewed calls for a financial industry crackdown in Washington. As the GameStop controversy has illustrated the unbridled greed of hedge fund managers, reckless speculative traders, and ultra-wealthy finance executives over the several decades has completely broken Wall Street, and not a bunch of people with weaponized autism getting together and realizing they could game the system themselves, (laughs) said Representative Peter DeFazio, guess what party he's from, in a statement to Yahoo Finance. They've gamed the system to their complete advantage. It's on time to make sure the street and economy work for everyone, not just the wealthy elite. So they're doing this, of course, to come out and try to say, oh, well, we're doing this because the wealthy elite are bad. Yeah, fucking bullshit. (laughs) You're throwing an extra tax on this to make sure that people can't run out to Robin Hood and go buy a stock that's about to get fucking short sold. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't want people to pay. I don't want hedge funds or or individuals to pay a tax on transactions. Like neither of them should. That shouldn't be a thing. Well, I know you, and you're not really thrilled about the fact that they have to pay a tax on their income either. But no, I will keep that in mind. But I mean, yeah, as far as what you're buying and selling, especially interstate like that too, it's no, there shouldn't be one. Not on Wall Street. We're trying to get less taxes, not more. And I, I do love how I love the fact that they're trying to put this out as something that they can use to crack down on the rich and the people that are doing this here. No, because the rich it's can not. afford to pay the fucking taxes. Exactly. It's just like when Biden says he wants to have a gun tax on assault rifles and high capacity magazine. All you're doing is making it so that only the rich people can have assault. Yeah, rich people are the only ones who can pay that tax. Uh, other good names in this uh, come out of uh, Pat Toomey, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They've both called for investigations. And as I mentioned, Elizabeth Warren has demanded answers from the Securities and Exchange Commission. I actually read her letter this morning. And uh, yeah, why does the government need to get involved in this? Except for the fact that they're bailing out their big, rich fucking donors. But the troll doesn't end, by the way. I mentioned this to you over on the Discord server. Let me get the picture loaded up here. Because Redditors have bought a billboard in Times Square. Where are you? There you are. As I, you can see. I love this. <laughs> GME go burr. <laughs> uh, it was only up for an hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, big giant troll. <laughs> Just just imagine, imagine having to be that millennial who works at the hedge fund explaining this to your boss. He's like, 60. Like, what does, what does GME go burr mean? Uh, well, sir, <laughs> it's the sound that a printer makes. <laughs> money printer. Right, a money printer. You know, like the Fed. <laughs> Fed printer go burr. <laughs> so it's just funny yeah i thought that was great but the best one that i took out of this whole story the best thing that i took out of this entire week's one was an op-ed from cnn uh come from chris saliza because it couldn't have come from anybody other than chris saliza how trumpism (laughs) explains the gamestop stock surge i love this I love that they're already just like white supremacy. 
and it's clearly not. White supremacy and Trump. Yeah, that was the that was immediately where they went to on this already. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's still because it's because everything for the next four years is deflect, deflect, deflect. Biden might not be the kind of president that always refers to his predecessor like Trump did to Obama. Um That's okay, he's got the, the media press, to do it for him. Exactly. The media is gonna do it for him. All all eighteen months of his presidency. It's uh it is I, I don't even have the words for this right now. I really don't. Um, CNN writes at the core of Donald Trump's angry populist appeal was and is this sentiment. The elites think they know better than you. They think they can tell you how to live and what to believe. But guess what? We the people are smarter than the elites. Uh, Trump elucidated this argument in its purest form at a rally in North Dakota in 2018 when he went on this riff. What made Trump's argument so potent, politically speaking, is that he wasn't just calling out the elites. He was saying that the average Joes need to rise up and actually show them how wrong they were. So, yes, Chris Liz has completely blamed this on the on the former president. In 2018. He was working with Reddit in 2018. <laughs> What's your take on this? I, I've got to ask you that. What is... It's just a bunch of crap. There's no basis for that at all. I am not a Trump supporter, even a little bit. But... Connecting those two things is is insulting to every reader's intelligence. I lost IQ points having to read the headline of that article. So it's... Uh, do you think this continues to go anywhere um, as we go into the future? Do you, Or are they going to find the next thing to go and... I mean... At this point, I did not think that we would be talking about this in late January 2021. If you had asked me, even in the middle of COVID last year, at some point in 2021, do you think that Reddit is going to topple the stock market? I would have said, what? Who knows how crazy it can get? Because we already thought it was nuts. And then it got worse. And by worse, I mean better, because that was just masterful do you know hr 127 i'm gonna look it up real quick yeah because i i'm not familiar with that one unfortunately otherwise i i probably would we, put it in there. you guys we covered news from last week so if it's something that broke like today we'll probably get to it next week yeah i'm not familiar but yeah i will definitely uh oh it's the firearm registration act so yes we will talk about it next week Something new? Yes. Something unconstitutional? Yes. Most likely. Um, I mean, with that, do you want to catch up with the chat here? We've we've been at this for almost an hour, so uh, do you want to catch up with these guys and see what they're doing over there, make sure they're not killing each other? Or before I have been in? interacting with them the whole time, and they're they're fine. They're just happy to be here. Um, got, uh... Oh, Ed's here. Uh, Ed said it started with a gorilla getting killed and ends with Reddit taking over Wall Street. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, That's I don't think this right. is the end, though. That's the problem. There is that. Um, someone earlier said something about he was he wanted to go up into space. My suggestion was that he take a gorilla suit but not tell anyone. And one day just dress up in it. 
scare everyone on the space station. Those two things were connected in my mind because it's a gorilla. Yeah. Obviously. No, our our audience is, is very chatty today. Kat says she had that on her bingo card. I'm not sure what she means by she had that on her bingo card. Probably Reddit taking over Wall Street. That's impressive that you had that on your bingo card. I'm just saying. What else? Oh, several people apparently have not seen The Princess Bride. And I'm, all, I'm very disappointed in all of you. Nailbender says Carrie Yules is a jerk. I personally think that Mandy Patinkin makes up for all of that. He's Inigo Montoya. Okay. And if you had seen the movie, you would know who that is. There was lots of, what the hell, how can that be legal chatter while we were talking about Wall Street. Um, Frank says, GameStop had a plan to transition to esports hubs like Internet Cafe from days of old. Okay. And still, their stock is only seven cents per stock, hmm. per share. <sighs> Quest says, I think crypto has made it. I will think crypto has made it when its significance is an ubiquitous daily use instead of speculation. I don't think it's ever going to get there, at least not until the boomer generation is gone. But even still, I know we've got yeah. Ron Hilton out there. He says it every morning when I talk about Bitcoin. If you can't hold it or mold it, you should have sold it. <laughs> um, Joe from Facebook says Shapiro is as libertarian as Pelosi. <laughs> I Mark said total losses are upwards of $300 billion, Which is amazing. Unfortunately... The problem with that is that a lot of these hedge funds had to sell off their, you know, their regular growth stock, like your, your Microsoft, mm -hmm. your Apple and whatnot. That's, that's what plunged everything back down to the 29,000 mark. I guarantee yeah. it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah. Alex says, I bet against all marriages so they can say they beat the odds together. Romantic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we're pretty much caught up. We can't wait an hour to go into the chat now when we have 100 people watching because that's a lot of talk. <laughs> it is. And I should probably take the uh, billboard back up off the screen, although it was entertaining to look at for quite a while. It was entertaining. I love that one. I want it to be memorialized. <laughs> well, with all the talk, because that seems to be what all the news outlets were talking about, was the... Uh, uh, the GameStop saga, and nobody else talked about anything else, but we do need to talk about some of the other stuff that uh, they tried to cram through while we were all watching GameStop here, including the fact that uh, there is an impeachment that's going to be going on somewhere in the near future here. So uh, I know you brought this up, so I wanted to see, uh, get your take on this right away. The fact that... Uh, our dear former president from the office of the former president has a shiny new defense team coming into his uh, impeachment. Oh so, man, everyone on Facebook, everyone on Facebook got so mad at me and I probably just didn't word my tweet super clearly. 
because I said um, that if your defense team walks away, it probably means you don't have enough evidence to prove your case. Well, the prosecution is who proves the case. I do know that. I'm not an idiot. But the, all the articles that I have seen have said that they disagreed on the direction that the case should take. And it was Trump wanted them to focus on election fraud. He, he was pushing them to, to push election fraud, to make the prosecution prove election fraud. By and, election fraud, okay, make me the president. I will be the greatest comeback president ever, okay? <laughs> and the legal team had kept, kept telling him, no, this is about impeachment, not about election fraud. We can't do that. And then it, they came to a mutual decision that they were going to part ways after the defense team had never even signed a letter of intent or gotten paid, which is stupid, like they should have, because dealing with Trump is obviously going to be a headache. Oh, yeah. If you're so, going to be a, a lawyer for Trump, uh, I would be uh, like, you know, we need to get some money up front here, okay? So you know my propensity for making predictions, and you know how often I am right in my predictions. Mm -hmm. Like, I was right about Sarah Sanders. I was right about Justin Amash. I've been right, you guys, if you're new to watching. I've been right about probably five or six predictions that I've made since we started doing this show. And they're just like little things. Mm -hmm. And all I base these on is just normal human patterns of behavior and just a little bit of psychology knowledge. So in my mind, if a defense team walks away, it's be, it's in this case, it's likely because he wanted them to, to push election fraud. Right. And in order for them to tell him yes or no on whether or not that's a good idea they have to look at the evidence so he probably laid out all the evidence that here it is it's proven hands down this was election fraud here it is and all those lawyers probably looked at it and then looked at him and said this doesn't prove anything and this trial is about impeachment not about election fraud yeah i mean that's that's part of the problem is i mean this is so the the fraud is so far away from what he's actually standing trial for which is a bullshit fucking charge in and of itself. Not mm -hmm. to mention the fact that 45 senators have come together and said that, yeah, this is probably unconstitutional and we should dismiss it. Which means right. I and don't see where he where they get 67 votes from. I don't either. So that was why they left. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, they left because he was being difficult. No way. Because he doesn't have the evidence. No way. Donald Trump being difficult? I, right? I know. Like, that never happens. <laughs> I mean, I realized that their families were getting threatened and all this kind of stuff, but if they looked at that evidence and said, this is a slam dunk, then they wouldn't have cared that they were being threatened. They would have been like, let's do this. Like, let's prove this. We've got all the evidence we need. But they obviously couldn't prove it, and that wasn't even the subject of the case. So they were like, I'm not going to be, as a defense attorney, I'm not going to be forced to make this bad argument that I know is bad and then lose a big case, have Donald Trump trash me because that's what he, that's what happens every time he doesn't get what he wants out of someone. Oh, well, they were terrible. Like, that's what always happens. So you're going to get trashed by Donald Trump constantly. He's going to constantly talk about how terrible you are. Um, you're going to have your career damaged by working with him. And you're also going to have your career damaged by losing a big case. Like your track record is going to suffer as a, as an attorney. That's plenty of reason to just say, no, it's not worth the headache. I don't care if you're going to pay me $300,000 a day. I'm not doing this. Well, and as, I mean, as far as um, 
as far as losing the big case, once again, I, I cite back to the Rand Paul vote that happened last week. I don't think they're they're going to lose the case. Even if they get over to simple majority, that's still not enough to do that. That This is an acquittal waiting to happen, but honestly, I look at all this and I see a way for Senate Democrats to, at this point, and the House managers, because they're going to be in on this as well, to sit and draw this out for months upon months and keep one Donald John Trump on the headlines forever. Meanwhile, one Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. continues to do stupid shit because that's what Joseph Robinette Jr. Do, uh, Biden Jr. rather does is stupid shit and nobody has to report on that because the scandal of the year is the fact that Donald Trump is being impeached and his trial is going on. Is this conviction central? I can already see the mm-hmm. CNN headlines coming out of that. Right. It's crazy. And like I said, they can hold this off for months. Yeah, How exactly. long do you think they can stretch this trial out for? I don't know. I mean, how, how long did the Bill Clinton trial drag on? How long? Wasn't that like months? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like it was months. And I was a kid in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Literally, that's... Literally, that's one of two, it's one of three big news stories I remember from my childhood. I remember O.J. Simpson, I remember Princess Diana dying, and I remember Bill Clinton being impeached, or the impeachment trial. He wasn't actually impeached. But, yeah, that's what I remember. And it went on for forever, it felt like. Yeah, they were talking about that forever. And, of course, you know, all the the, uh, news stories at the time where all these Republican stuffed shirts, all they wanted to do was impeach him because he had a good time in the Oval Office. (laughs) I didn't know that that was about perjury until like four years ago. Yeah, I didn't know until I was older. Yeah, because of what the news was telling us. Right. Um, There's some other news that uh, comes along with this as well. So John Roberts is not going to be the one who is presiding over this. Um, He was offered the position. I guess constitutionally he can't. So I don't know why he was ever offered the position to preside over this. But Because they just do stupid shit. I guess constitutionally when it is a former uh, government official, the president of the Senate pro tempore is supposed to preside over the trial, not the chief justice. So Patrick Leahy is going to be the one that's going to do this. Now, did you see he got sick this week? No, I didn't. Yeah, he got sick. He wound up being in the hospital. He was discharged uh, pretty quickly afterwards, but I know a lot of people were speculating, you know, apparently, and I didn't know this until I went back and looked into this afterward, but anybody who tries to raise a any sort of legal challenge or any other sort of uh, challenge to Donald Trump throughout history, and this is going to be for the presidency, befalls some sort of tragedy coming to them. But uh, Leahy is fine. He's back out. He's ready to come out and preside over this. Uh, Leahy is a Vermont senator, so he would be the one that is opposite of uh, Bernie Sanders, which, given the f- he's the only person in Congress that's older than Bernie Sanders is, by the way. Damn. No, I'm sorry, the Senate, because Nancy Pelosi is older than Bernie Sanders. That's old. Both senators from Vermont are 80. I've been to Vermont multiple times. It's a great place. What are they doing? If someone from Vermont is watching, please tell me, what are y'all doing up there? 
I know you're making syrup and stuff, but come on. Pay attention to your ballots. You know who should be the senator from Vermont? Sticks Hexenhammer 666. Who? What? I've showed you some of the videos from him. The YouTuber with the long hair and the satanic symbols in the background that does political How commentary. Do no, I definitely don't think that you have sent me those, and please don't, because I probably won't watch them. Wait, he's actually really insightful, so... He knows what's going on. He's just not religious about it. But, uh, yes, he is, uh, I think he would be, and he would make a lot of heads explode up there. But, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why both the senators from Vermont have both their feet in the grave. Just waiting for, it, uh, waiting for, uh, death's door to come. But, yes, we, uh, we'll be seeing, uh, Leahy come over and preside over this. The one that caught my eye in this story this week was the fact that the, the massive mustache himself, John Bolton, has come out and said, you're going too far, and this is stupid. And if John Bolton is saying <laughs> that you're doing something stupid, you should probably stop what you're doing here. No, John Bolton saying you're taking it too far is something very, very unusual. Yeah. So John Bolton says, second Trump impeachment, badly conceived, poorly executed, likely to produce same result as the first. So... Second verse, same as the first, essentially. Uh, former White House National Security Advisor John Bolton is predicting as the second impeachment of former President Trump is also unlikely to end in a conviction and could do more harm to the country than good. Like impeachment 1.0, the 2021 edition is badly conceived, poorly executed, and likely to produce precisely what the first round did. Results 180 degrees contrary to the objectives that impeachment supporters say they want. Bolton wrote in the National Review, like the first, it was too narrowly drawn, first Ukraine, now the capital of desecration, and was rushed through the house on a largely partisan line. I mean, where's the lie? Right. But still, it's it's John Bolton, who wrote a book telling everybody how terrible Trump is, and even he's coming up here and saying, don't do this, you're going to regret it. Yeah, because he knows how much of a piece of work Trump is. He does. Well... I would argue that Bolton is worse. He's a fucking warmonger. This is true. He wanted to start wars and uh, and President Trump didn't. So we will be catching up with that. The trial will be starting next week. So we'll probably be talking at least about the opening arguments come this time next week. Are you looking forward to that? Are you looking forward to that being the dominant headline? No. For six months? No. All right. Let's, uh... Well, one of our viewers uh, corrected me and said that it was not months. It was two and a half years that Bill Clinton's went on. I really don't want to talk about this for two and a half years. Oh, jeez. Grant said you would like sticks. You, w I think you would. He's very conservatarian. Like, he's halfway between. Oh, you just froze up. And I think it's on your end. Well, we have no Elaine right now, so I'm going to catch up with a little bit of the live chat here. See what's going on with you guys. Let's see. Where did we leave off? I saw the cat Abbott had that on the bingo card, so I started with a gorilla. 
Keep your damn dirty hands off me, ape. Thank you. Oh, we just cut back to the bottom. Uh, let's see. Oh, and we lost Elaine. So we will see if we can't get her back here in just a second. I am going to... Well, I'm going to shut that side down quick until we get her back. But uh, yeah, we will see if we can't get her back. And we'll do some live chat while we're waiting. So you all told me to check my DMs in Discord. Well, I'm not going to do that on air, unfortunately. Sorry. Because my dis uh, Discord is in the same window as Elaine is on. Let's see. Where were we? Where were we, you guys? You guys are very busy today. And thank you, everybody, who uh, came on over on the news side. Let's see. Quest Fanning is here. Nailbender is laughing. Uh, Princess Bride should be mandatory. Princess Bride should be illegal. A lot of the Liberty pages are. Uh, Wyatt says, yeah, tell Ron and Robert are gone. Bitcoin will not be an everyday common use. I don't trust it much myself either, but I need to look more into it. Yeah, I've I've been looking more into it based on uh, um, blockchain and trying to understand what blockchain is because I want to see if I can't try to make a blockchain social media so that we can have less of the censorship that's going on. Um, have you talked about libertarians being considered domestic terrorists? We talked about that last week. Uh, let's see. Sherry Voluntary got sucked for wrong think, as did Eric July. Yeah, probably. Nostradamus US, uh, no, Nostradama USA. Thank you, Spartan, for that. I thought it might be my first live stream. Yeah, thank you guys for coming in. Let's see. Please know that this is a pre-recorded show with our psychic host. They can respond to your comments live from the past. Yes. Yes, this actually happened uh, uh, yesterday. We did this. Oh, there's Elaine. I think we're going to be getting her back here in just a minute here because I let her know what happened. Thank you, Spartan, by the way. They already impeached Trump. Yes, that's a good correction. Yes, they already did. Run, Hide, Fight is a great video. Highly endorsed. I've never seen it. Well, it's a movie, and therefore I've never seen it. Why are you still expecting Democrats to care about the Constitution? Well, I'm hopeful. They they cared about it when they could use it against Trump. Uh, I thought Grassley was the oldest. Grassley is the oldest, I believe. But, uh, okay, yeah, you're right, because I said that uh, Bernie and uh, Leahy were the oldest. And no, that is not true. Grassley is the oldest. You are correct. Vermont is proof that weed usage should remain illegal. No. Legalize that shit. We stand the blaze here. Well, I can't stand the blaze just because uh, I have a CDL and DOT drug test and everything. So, unfortunately, I'm out on that. But I want the rest of you guys to be able to do that effectively and often. Uh, you all been following Bashir's impeachment? No, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that one. Um, throw me links. There's going to be the, there's going to be a link to the Discord, and in the description now, and we'll add one for the Gilded coming up, probably next week. That'll be in there. So 
we have places to throw links in there and we can go and look into that so absolutely go and come back and join us um spartan says sticks gave up on running when he looked what he would have to file yeah and the thing with sticks running is the fact that he gets a lot of donations from out of the country so there would be issues coming in with that just keep saying preparing meeting it's not connecting all right i might have to go dump this meeting here quick so stand by for just a sec let's see if we can't get our wonderful co-host is back on the air I'll let her know what I'm doing. On-air production. I've not had to do on-air production like this since back in the Ed's World days, by the way. So, knock on wood, we've actually had a pretty good run. But, uh, yeah, that's where we're sitting right now. Let's get her back in here. Gotta do a quick browser switch. Hmm. Thanks for your patience, you guys, really. This has been awesome. All right. All right, the meeting link is sent out. We will watch for her to pop back in here, and I will catch up with some more live chat. While we're doing this, thank you once again for your patience. All right, where were we? Uh, this trial will backfire against Dems as they drag it on. Most of them are one foot in the grave. Thank you, Brent Garens. Uh, yeah, Stick said something about having to know where all his Patreon members come from or having to shut down his revenue from the internet. Well, yeah, that's once again, that's a big part of that is a lot of his uh, financial dealings come from out of the country. So we will have to, uh, we'll have to see it for there. And that's one thing I got to pay attention to because I've thought about running for an office myself. But as I've opened up the subscribe star now, uh, Elaine's Patreon as well, that's uh, partially funding both of us. So we will have to go back and uh, look and see where all of our donations are coming from, what's going to be legal, what's not going to be legal, and what's going to fly past the Federal Elections Commission. So the oldest person alive in the USA should be president, VP second oldest alive, and we can keep going like that. We don't need to vote. Spartan, I disagree with that. Bolton is an expert on looking like an idiot, a pro, you might say. Thank you, Quest. Uh, Brent Guerin says, new war incoming. Um, Daniel Perry says, I think for all your Facebook followers, we may need an introduction to this Ed guy. My name is Jay Edgar. <clears throat> we might have a, have one like that because Elaine got a taste of my audience, uh, coming in here because she did my old show, Ed's World, before she agreed to be the co-hostess, so, and this was her idea to get back on here. Where are you, Elaine? 
Oh, she still can't get in. So it looks like she is still having uh, issues with the phone. I'm going to see if she can't come in on PC and finish this back out. Uh, yeah, technical difficulties. Oh, she's back in here. Oh, no, that wasn't a fact about Clinton. It was a guess on how long Trump's second would last. Oh, okay, sorry about that. Are you guys planning on closing the Discord? I'm going to uh, limp it along for a little while until we get everybody established. Uh, let's see. Let's get the Discord back up. Oh, it is over on this window. Ha! Huh? All right, let's get that over there, and we will see if we can't get her pulled in. All right, it is sent, which you're getting this 10 seconds after it's sent. But uh, it is sent out. Let's see if we can't get you pulled back in. Um, liberals, we want Trump to go away. To do this, we're going to have a trial to have him drag on for two years. Just go federated. Uh, I am smoking the freedom salad now. Well, thank you, Spartan, for that. Legalize all that stuff. The Discord link on DLive is broken. Decriminalization is not legalization. Legalizing makes it a new industry for the government to regulate and likely com uh, completely take charge of. Oh, we've got her back. Um, Grant says, I know this is being picky, but I feel like you should make the logo match the side of your screen you each appear on or swap the side you appear on. You're back. With a downgrade, my phone decided it did not want to cooperate anymore. We just pulled the RRC into the chat too, by the way. So I just see him uh, popping up here. So we got to figure out where the hell we were. And I've got to get you back up on the screen. Yeah, I've just been reading live. Well, no, you've been watching, so you know. I've just been le uh, reading live chat for a little while. So, yeah, you just froze up over there, and then all of a sudden you disappeared. Yeah, you froze, and I waited for a second because I wasn't sure if you were going to respond to something I said or if you froze and then nothing happened. And I don't know what that was about. Where were we? We were talking about Bolton. Yes, but we can move on from that because I think we pretty much said all we were going to say about John Bolton. Okay. Um, by the way, I left off on uh, the RRC <laughs> podcast uh, between Grant and the RRC if you want to mark your place in the chat. Because we'll, uh, we'll circle back to them here. So I want to talk just a bit about uh, what's coming back out of the Biden administration and the pushback that he's had from this. Because, uh, I mean, Joe Biden has been one where... Uh, I said this at the beginning of the GameStop thing. I think he finally got the unity that he wanted. I think it's just that we uniformly all fucking hate him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically. I don't think he wanted that unity, but he wanted unity. So we've got a couple of things that are going along with this. First off, uh, looks like he has turned around and... Where's the one I have here? From uh, Bloomberg says he's withdrawing $27.4 billion in spending cuts that were proposed by Trump. And I went off on this this morning because I read this one this morning too. And I was fucking pissed because the spending cuts that Trump proposed, first off, came at the 11.59 hour. Like, of course they did. He, he was doing this in December. 
And the first thought that I had is, why the fuck couldn't you do this in 2018? That was that was my biggest criticism of the Trump presidency was the spending. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest criticism that I had for him. And now at the 11th hour, he just wants to turn around and put this down through line item on the omnibus, which he signed, by the way. It's insane. Just for Biden to come back and say, you know what? No, we're going to spend all that money anyway off of this here. So, yeah, $27.4 billion that are going to go through. Well, you knew they were going to go through anyway because there's no way in hell Congress was going to go back and say, oh, no, you're right. We can we can cut this out of here. Yeah, no, they weren't going to they were never going to do that. And Biden was always going to sign a big spending bills. Um, they were never going to get rid of really anything. Um they were just going to, the only thing they were going to do was spend more money. It was just a matter of where it was going to be spent. Yeah, and this, I know there's the talk about some of the stuff getting spent in foreign countries and then getting kicked back in donations and all kinds of mm-hmm. other stuff going on there. So, you know, that's going to happen too on top of all of this. Yeah. Um. Let's see, Trump, uh, uh, remember he said, I will sign the omnibus and COVID packages with a strong message that makes it clear to Congress that wasteful items need to be removed, okay? Trump said in a statement (laughs) in last December, I will send back to Congress a red-lined version, item by item, accompanied by the formal rescission request to Congress, insisting that those funds be removed from the bill. What do you think, you guys? Does does Ed do a good Donald Trump impression? I am the best Donald Trump, okay? I am better than Donald himself. And no, I will I be the better, shadow president. I don't president. think you're better than Alec Baldwin. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all coming off of this. And uh, that's all going to be uh, spent now off of this. However, no, I want to I save that one for later here. The other thing that came out of Congress this week is the fact that Senate Republicans now have outlined a $600 billion counteroffer. And they're actually going to meet with uh, the president. They went over there earlier on today to meet with the president to offer that to him, which, I mean, as far as them meeting with the president, all I can imagine that is is they go into the office, 10 of them, and says, he gets up there and says, hey, who the hell are you guys? Hey, are you Corn Pop? Are you here to finish the job? Poor Biden. But once again, I don't I don't see this going anywhere because they're sitting back now trying to talk about using budget reconciliation to force this through because they can't get it past the filibuster and they can't get rid of the filibuster right now. Yeah. So I don't know what this meeting is going to do. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. And yet we are going to come back and we're going to see all this get spent once again. Yep. That's, that's what's going to happen. Like I said, it's going to get spent. It's just a matter of what it gets spent on. Now, would you find an acceptable compromise to be a $600 billion stimulus uh, check, or, um, stimulus package? Versus Well, what? between nothing and $1.9 trillion. Yes, but it's still not ideal. Like, I mean, you know how I feel about this. I don't, I'll explain it again for my Facebook followers who haven't heard me explain it again, but everybody mm-hmm. else has already heard this. Once we're once you got to the point where the government was shutting people's businesses down and forbidding them from going to work, they automatically became responsible 
for providing for those people because it was a choice that the government made whether it was federal or state if your government decides you are not allowed to work they are responsible for providing for you now so we are well past that point mm-hmm. and people that have said oh well don't don't do that just just open the economy like that's enough it's not no, enough it's not because there are a lot of businesses because... that aren't coming back yeah, there are a ton of businesses and jobs that are not coming back at all, and it doesn't cover any back pay, like no back pay whatsoever. Your rent, your mortgage, all your bills have been accumulating all that time. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to work, yeah, that's great, but you're not getting any of your back pay, but right. all of your bills are still accumulating. So that doesn't help you. That's just that's just being able to throw pennies at a debt that you that will take potentially years for you to pay off. So it's I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see what they took out of it or what they reduced, if they reduced foreign aid, if they, I, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see what, what makes up that bill. I'm interested too, but I, un, like, I understand that this is going to be dead in the water. And I do appreciate the point that you made about the fact that the government shut uh, shut everything down. I know we, we uh, got a little bit hard on Ben Shapiro a little bit earlier on today, but he did make a good point in pointing out the fact that, uh, well, gang... What's happening right now and what the government's doing right now is they, they drove an F-150 through your house and now they have to pay for it, which, I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah, it is. I mean, yes, that's what they did. They just took a freaking wrecking ball to your life. And now they're like, here's your little tiny insurance check. <laughs> no, that's not enough. It's like, oh, here's the check that only covers your deductible. But you're still responsible for the $20,000 worth of damage that we caused. That doesn't make any sense at all. Well, and one of the big things that happened, and this is where I wanted to go with this before I diverted off to do the uh, the compromised uh, stimulus bill here, is Biden lied, uh, lied rather was trending on Twitter this past week numerous times because it turns out that uh, Biden has reneged on the fact that he's going to give out $2,000 stimulus checks. Now it's going to be $1,400. But it's not up to him. Like... I know that now everyone has this conception that you could just sign executive orders and do whatever the hell you want because he's been doing that already. But (laughs) technically, it still has to go through Congress and the Senate. And by the way, so did his four predecessors. Right. So, yes, uh, the people who voted for him are pretty pissed now. And the article from the Daily Wire cites the fact that he actually did go down and campaign in Georgia for uh, the two Democratic candidates down there, Warnock and Ossoff, uh, he campaigned for them saying that if you got them in right away, then there would be $2,000 checks immediately waiting. And now it's going to be $1,400 checks. And I understand the math that he's going through with this, but, uh, I mean, even still, that that was the promise that he made. Now, of course, mine shows up here, and it's snip, 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 getting cut the fuck back up because nothing comes out of the government that doesn't have a hook buried in it. Right. But regardless, uh, yeah, as I said, I don't think that, uh, I think the country is pretty well unified in the fact that they don't like President Biden. Yeah, I I think you're right. No one likes him. Which is going to be interesting, especially given the fact that his speechwriters hate him. And, uh, you know, there's that 25th Amendment that's sitting out there looming. Why do the speechwriters hate him? Because they can't write a speech for him because he gets Oh, busy. that's right. I remember we read we that one last week. last week. Yeah, okay. I needed a refresher on that. 
All right, I've got uh, just a couple more big topics. I want to talk a little bit about the, the insurrection stuff and some of the COVID stuff. There's just a little bit of COVID stuff, just to, just enough to remind you that it's still out there. Um, I did take a pretty good sized chat break. You just want to power through. I do have one surprise stupidity too for you, Let's by the way. Let's power through. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Okay. So this past week's big news on the COVID front was the fact that uh, now they want you to wear a second mask and get an anal swab. Yikes. I Why don't we just wear hazmat suits? That's yeah. 100% effective. Well, they might come up with a reason why that's not effective anymore either. Do you have to wear masks inside of your hazmat suit? Probably. Double mask inside your hazmat suit. At what point does this get to be... They're just trying to see what they can get away with making you do. I kind of feel that way. It's just like, oh, well, they jumped through that hoop. What if we gave them another one? Then what? You still wear your Constitution mask when you go out to places? I left that in a hotel in D.C., I might, I might just have to suck it up and order another one. Well, if it's in a hotel in D.C., then somebody in D.C. might actually read the Constitution for the first time. Right, maybe. I'm sure there are plenty of them down there that have not at this point there. I still wear the Gatson uh, flag one. If I go into a place, I actively try to avoid places that enforce that. But that's actually probably going to be going away pretty soon as well. A little bit of news out of my state. Uh, I did not see what the Thursday vote was, but on Tuesday, the Wisconsin Senate passed a resolution to go around Governor Tony Evers because the mask mandate was never law. It was always an executive order. Yes. And they finally came around and said, okay, we're going to come back and vote on this to see if we can't get rid of it. Now, breaking news. Go away. Autoplay. Nobody likes you. The big <laughs> thing that pissed me off about that was why couldn't you do this? Why did you have to wait until after election inauguration and everything else to come back and try to do this. You've had six months, I think was when they put the mandate in. Six months ago. You've had six months to fucking do this. Why are you just getting around to it now? Is it because it's politically convenient? Or not politically convenient? Or what the fuck is the deal here? Uh, looks like some, uh, some Republicans jumped across to oppose the measure, but it is a joint resolution, so... It looks like the mask mandate is going away now. Of course, some businesses still mandate them by private business aspect, and I try to avoid going to them as possible, but um, has there been any pushback in your state on any of this? Not yet. I haven't seen anything yet. What is the makeup of your government down there? It's red. Red, red. I mean, the whole state is red except for Bloomington, Evansville, and Indianapolis, and Gary. So Chicago land area, blue. Indianapolis blue, Evansville maybe purple, Bloomington super blue, very Democrat liberal. I don't know what the hell they just dropped up there, but it sounded like it hurt. I didn't hear anything. I'm surprised because it was pretty fucking loud. <laughs> so, I, did, do you have a mandate down there though? Yes, we do. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised, actually. Oh, there was a huge pushback against the mandate when it first went in. That's why Donald Rainwater did so well in the governor's race, because everyone was mad at Holcomb. But I think everybody's just, I mean, they're still mad about it, but they're still just like, I don't know. They just like grumble and get along with their day. Well, I know your neighbors over to Ohio, uh, DeWine came out, and I had to cut this for time, but DeWine came out and started to say, okay, well, if you guys are good, then we'll we'll start rolling your curfew back and... We'll let you go a little bit later and a little bit later. 
Right, because you can't get infected with COVID at 11 p.m., but you totally can at 7 p.m. It's just, it just forces more people to be out at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why they don't get that. I used to love to go to the grocery after 9 p.m., after my kid went to bed, when it was dark, when nobody else was there. And now everything closes at 10 o'clock. Yeah. I can't leave at 9 to get to the grocery, do all my grocery shopping, and check out before 10 not enough time i just i i quit trying to go and started ordering through instant cart instacart and i love it i haven't been to the grocery store in almost two months it's been really nice i haven't been to the grocery store in almost three hours i i definitely just i definitely just don't like people that much anyway so i don't think there's this was sort of an, this was I'm... sort of an upgrade of I don't like going to the grocery store with everyone else. So I'm going to go super late at night. Now it's, I'm just not going to go to the grocery store at all. I'm going to have someone bring me my groceries and it's worth that extra $10 and in, in the tip. I don't care. I don't know if we have Instacart here. It's I think awesome. it's too rural for where I live. You're in a little bit more uh, urban setting than I am though, too. Uh, a little bit. It's still 20 minutes to get to the grocery. But yeah, I don't know if uh, yeah, I don't know if we have that here. I went over there. Check because it's awesome. Maybe I had to go over there and get some salt because the owner of the building that I live in decided that they didn't want to de-ice. They just shoveled. They didn't de-ice, so I did it for them. And I will be turning so the receipt nice. into them as well. Okay. I'm not that nice. Um, the other big news that came out this week uh, came out of New York because Leticia James has reluctantly let out the numbers, and it turns out that a lot more people in nursing homes probably died than they let on throughout the rest of the pandemic. So, I mean, Andy might not and be the Como hero. And Cuomo had an absolutely horrible reaction when he was confronted with this information. I didn't see the reaction. Can you uh, paraphrase this a little bit? He, he basically said, who cares where they died? They died. Who cares if they died in a hospital or a nursing home? They died. It was literally what he said. I could hear the heads exploding while I was watching the video of him say this because I was just like, you have got to be shitting me. How? I mean, there's still tar out there, right? We, we can still, we can go down to Ron's place and get feathers from his chickens. Can, can we do some of that? You can just, I mean, wait for everybody to get their stimulus checks again, and then a bucket of tar and feathers on Amazon. Just, you know. Have you looked at this before? Just have, maybe we could just have buckets of tar and feathers delivered to Como's house. I don't think he would get the message. <gasps> no, we could go to one of those companies that sends you a bag of dicks. They're gummies. <laughs> <laughs> or gorilla poop. Oh, for legal I, purposes, this is a joke. Yes, <laughs> I, I had to make sure there because that—that's Susan Bait right there. That is definite <laughs> Susan Bait right there. Uh so that is uh thats what happened in New York, and it's—it's it's irritating the fact that he can get away with some of this stuff too. Yeah. Yep. So, and um, he's been what nominated it for an Emmy or some shit. I don't know. Have you been following the drama that's been going on in the House and Senate over, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The insurrection, as it were. 
I don't know if we can talk about that while we're streaming to Facebook. Well, there are some things that we do have to talk about here. I've got one here that's uh, breaking today, and actually, I caught this right before I went on air this morning. A secretive ethics panel will judge Holly and Cruz, so they're actually going to be facing judgment for their role in the insurrection the behind tourists? closed doors. The tourists, yeah, pretty the much. The tourists. The D.C. tourists. So former President Trump's impeachment trial will be conducted on the Senate floor live on TV in order for CNN to sell more commercials. The Senate investigation into Cruz and Hawley will take place behind closed doors by one of the most secretive committees in Congress. After multiple leading Democrats call for two Republicans to resign, Cruz and Hawley's challenge to President Joe Biden's Electoral College win is now tied up in the opaque Senate Ethics Committee, and while Trump's impeachment trial will conclude quickly, yeah, probably not, the probe into whether the two senators played a role into inciting the violence at the Capitol will unwind over an interminable timetable with little hint of where it is going. <laughs> you said probe. I did. <laughs> Sorry. I do still have the humor of a 13-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your take on the fact that they're going to be doing this out behind closed doors? What's your take on Cruz and Holly's involvement in this in the first place? I mean, I don't think Cruz even likes Donald Trump. No? You don't? No. I think he just felt like he had to toe the line while Trump was in office because, I, yeah, because he knows how, he knows what it's like to be a victim of those insults and that ego. It's the best ego, okay? Lion Ted doesn't know what my ego is like, okay? <laughs> that was what it was too it was lion ted mm -hmm. while he was up there yep so and you're absolutely right off this one here and why do you think they're trying to go after him like this though oh, like after holly who? of Trump? course holly and cruz oh well holly's just a little bitch <laughs> <laughs> sorry but he is he just complains about everything. I don't. Missouri somehow managed to elect someone who was worse than Austin Peterson. That's fair. But it's it's like they've had a hard on for these two. Well, they've had a hard on for Ted Cruz for years. Yeah, but they, they never a, liked him. They've had a hard on for these two for quite a while at this point. But. The other side on the other chamber off of this here, the new Trump, the new media boogeyman, got into the news this week because uh, Cori Bush is saying she's moving offices to get away from Marjorie Taylor Greene after mask altercation. I have the video. I have the video of the altercation. Okay. Uh, Democrat Representative Cori Bush of Missouri announced Friday that she will be moving her office away from GOP Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia following a heated exchange earlier this month that really wasn't that heated, by the way, where Bush confronted Greene about not wearing a mask in a hallway on Capitol Hill. The fallout led Speaker Pelosi to take the extraordinary step of ordering Bush's office to be moved away from Greene. Following a, a request from Bush, the latest signs of the growing tensions between the two parties in the aftermath of the deadly riot on Capitol Hill. A maskless Marjorie Taylor Greene and her staff berated me in a hallway. She targeted me and others on social media. I'm moving my office away from hers for my team's safety, Bush tweeted. I mean, all of the news that has come out over the last week with Marjorie Taylor Greene, like, she seems like 
She seems like she is off her meds as well and should probably locate them promptly Quickly. and keep taking them. Because that lady is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. She is, and I can't believe we didn't I don't see... think I would want her as my office neighbor either. I can't believe we didn't see any news out of this before any of this. Like, before she brought the articles of impeachment, I was like, Marjorie Taylor who? Who the yeah, fuck is this? I had never heard of her either. I mean, and there's like 535 members of Congress, so that's not really that surprising that, you know, I hadn't heard her name before. But, damn, how did she hide that crazy for that long? Apparently she didn't. I just, the media never reported on it, is what I'm getting out of all this here. Interesting. Now, as I mentioned, Bush uh, claims that Marjorie Taylor was the one that confronted her. Well, let's have a listen to this and see what you think. There it goes. And here it goes. Attack the Capitol, which I denounce and completely am against and don't agree with the violence. But yet Democrats who cheered on, supported, called peaceful protests, Antifa BLM riots the entire year long that caused billions of dollars worth of damage, attacked American businesses, um, burned down Minneapolis. Let's see, what else did they do? Then they funded, then they supported uh, bail bond links, bail bond links for criminals. You know what? Yeah, don't yell at people. You know what? You shouldn't bring COVID positive members in here, spreading COVID everywhere. Stop being a hypocrite. Yeah, this is how it is here now. This is how it is. Stop being a hypocrite. Who confronted who? I couldn't hear anything. When you play videos on your side, I can't hear them. Oh, son of a bitch. Because I didn't set that back up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, usually I have the uh, the audio share going on, but I forgot to do that uh, with this one. Mm -hmm. Because we made the it's new okay. Zoom call, remember? I've, I have already, um, I've already looked into it. Mm -hmm. No, she's just crazy. They're both crazy, because Cori Bush is not exactly a sane one either. No, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is, like, really out there. She's, like, conspiracy theory person, somehow got elected. I don't understand that. I'm sorry, again, like, I've said it before. The myth of the intelligent voter, it's a thing. <laughs> Who votes for that? I feel the same way about that Madison Cawthorn guy. Who elected that Republican ding-dong? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know who elected a lot of these people, but they, uh, they are definitely considered. I don't, I don't get it. It's the same thing with AOC, for that matter. I mean, I know that she uh, had a lump, a Chenk Uger money behind all that, but still, how do you elect her, and how do you re-elect her after she chased thirty thousand jobs away from your district? Because people are crazy. Again, not. Um not intelligent voters because she's from georgia right yes okay so that's easy it's georgia so they are pro-life pro-gun and if you run on those two things you're golden that's it that's all they care about those voters are so hyper focused on their one or two pet issues that they will they will ignore 
glaring personality flaws, character flaws, everything to elect that person. Because again, I've said this on podcasts for a long time, politicians have figured out how to weaponize fear. Can you imagine a Republican running on a platform that did not include pro-life because they had already fixed it the way that they wanted it, that did not include pro-gun because we've just legalized all firearms and did not include illegals are going to steal my jobs. Could you imagine a Republican candidate having to run a campaign without those three things on it? Well, and mean, conversely, can you imagine a Democrat that didn't that didn't run on a platform of we need health care for everyone? Bring all the illegals in or whatever. Um, Republicans want to kill you with all their guns. We have to ban them. Uh-huh. And I don't know what else of uh, preserving your right to an abortion. Could well, you no. imagine those candidates having to run without those things on their platforms because they'd actually been solved? I they understand can't. where you're going with that. And I, I've seen that pattern come out of Washington for the 36 years that I've been alive and even longer from looking back through political history as well. Just looking back at your Kennedys, your Nixons, mm-hmm. going back to Wilson and even further than that. I mean, you, but at least, at least 30 years ago, 40 years ago, they used to actually have intelligent conversations about these topics. That doesn't even exist anymore. It's just yelling and screaming. And tweeting. Yes, and tweeting. I, tweeting, that, that's what destroyed politics right there. I'm so, I love the fact that our representatives have direct access to us through Twitter. But my God, the fights that they have over the stuff that destroyed modern politics. But I, I do understand hey, where you're coming but from. But again, we have talked about this on this podcast. I have, I have talked about it because I am a student of history. Our founding fathers were petty. Yeah, so they were. petty. They had feuds all of the time. They insulted each other all of the time. George, or not George Washington, Jefferson and Adams didn't talk to each other for a decade. That's how mad they were at each other. Yeah, and this have, is not new. Our political system was literally built on this. You have to wonder where we got from a point where Alexander Hamilton shot Aaron Burr to <laughs> you have to censure this congressman because she he called me a fucking bitch on on the stairs. Thomas Jefferson told him he wasn't strong enough to lift a chair after Hamilton threatened to hit him with one. Exactly. He basically was like, you're a weakling. You need to have a footstool first. Well. We should bring back duels. Defensively. Defensively. Yes. (laughs) All right. I got one more I want to touch on just from a little bit outside of the country. And this is one that I think we need to watch closely because we've got two politicians in the executive branch, who have their fingers on the fucking tri- uh, trigger button right now. So, and one of them is owned by China, which is the region that this is coming from. So, Myanmar got in the news this week because Myanmar's military seized power in a coup after detaining leader Aung San Suu Kyi, which I could not believe that was a real last name, and I can't believe I didn't get thrown off YouTube this morning for that, and ruling party politicians. Myanmar's powerful military has taken control of the country in a coup and declared a state of emergency following the detention of Aung San Suu Kyi and other senior government leaders in early morning raids on Monday. The country woke up to widespread internet and communications blackouts, closed banks and soldiers in army fatigues patrolling the streets of Myanmar's largest city, Yangon. Residents turning on their television sets could only access the military-owned 
Mayawadi TV channel with all other news channels seemingly blocked. So. All right, then. This is right on the corner of China, so China's going to have a vested interest in this. Mm-hmm. We just gave, uh, we just gave Myanmar $135 million as part of uh, um, the COVID relief. That's right. I remember that. They, they were one of the countries we gave money to. However, I, from what I understand, um, I don't know if it's the military or if it's the elected government, but one of them is perpetuating a genocide. So obviously that should be stopped. Yes. But I think there's a lot more to it than that. I don't think it's as simple as that. Well, from what I understand, because I read a lot deeper into this this morning, from what I understand, the military has been con in control for a decade in Myanmar. Uh, they lost control over a rebellion this year, and then under the first election, they lost the election. So this is playing out kind of a lot like it happened here, mm -hmm. almost. So when does this start happening over here? I, I don't know. Oh, wait, we'll shoot back when they try to do that shit. Right, they know better than that. But it's, this is especially because, I mean, Biden's been saber-rattling over the weekend, and I didn't get the chance to put this in uh, into the notes either because I couldn't verify it this morning, but Biden's been saber-rattling with Iran. We've got North Korea coming out there yelling their uh, insults. Syria's we've yelling insults troops, at us. Yeah, we've got troops back in northern Syria. So, yeah, I'm, it's only a matter of time. I think my comment on Twitter today was, are we going to get into two new wars in the first hundred days or not? Because it's, yeah, it's looking like it's going to be at least two. Well, I guess it's good for uh, good for business and good for stocks and good for the people who pay off the politicians, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Right. Not, I mean, okay, so I've said it before, I'll say it again. Genocide and mass murder are never in anyone's best interest, period. No, that they're not. Well, speaking of things that are not in anybody's best interest here, I got one little short one out of my home state here. Surprise to me. Are you a baseball fan by any chance? No, not really. No. So the field won't mean anything to you, but the irony in this article will. So let me get the picture up for the people who are watching along at home. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I know I put it in here. There it is. I've got another picture up here I need to get rid of. The billboard is still up. All right. So this is the sign outside of Miller Park, which was just changed. It's now American Family Field. And due to possibly an electrical fault, the sign went up in flames as soon as they went over. So see if you can, because this is only like a paragraph long article here, see if you can find the problem with this here. Breaking news, newly installed American Family Field sign engulfed in flames. WNT Breaking News reported by David Johns. The newly installed American Family Field sign is engulfed in flames. WNT was the first on the scene to report the fire. Sources at the stadium reported seeing sparks prior to the flames. Stadium officials are not ruling out foul play at the time, but an electrical malfunction is the most likely root cause. State Farm, the stadium's current insurance carrier, could not be reached for comment. Okay. American Family just bought the field and State Farm is still insuring it. 
You don't see the conflict of interest here? I mean, yeah. That's kind of obvious. I don't know. I thought that was really stupid. It is stupid. You didn't find it as stupid as I did. I thought it was no, really fucking stupid. because I don't get the references. <laughs> Rival insurance companies. One bought it and one, the other one's insuring it. Okay. That's what I, that was the stupidity that I saw in that one. Mm, okay. Miller Park will never be the same. That's all I have to say. And I don't even like the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm a Red Sox fan. I thought it was entertaining. Well, let's do live chat. And then we'll head on out of here. Oh, boy. Okay. We'll just go. We'll just go from the bottom. Most recent back. Uh, Grant says, I don't even think I can say that on Facebook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Grant. <laughs> I have to skip over those comments. I don't want to get zucked. <laughs> um Basically, everyone's just saying war profiteering, and Kyle says he believes that the military was the ones committing the genocide. I would have to fact check that because I don't know, but if you have already, then cool. Um, Grant tagged Kyle and said the Democrats got the Green Party removed in a lot of states to try and force more people to vote Democrat. That is true. We watched that very carefully on the libertarian side because we were worried that, that Republicans would do the same thing. They didn't. We got 50 state ballot access. But yeah, they played dirty tricks um, in Montana, actually. The Democratic Party actually called people that that signed the signatures on the ballot petitions and convinced them to call the election commission and say, I changed my mind. I don't want my signature on that piece of paper. And enough people agreed to do that, that the Greens were forced off the ballot. That's how dirty they played. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Wait, you mean uh, one of the major two parties was playing dirty? I'm shocked. Shocked, yeah, I say. Shocked, shocked and appalled. Um, then we had a discussion about people who got elected as Republicans. Liberty? No, I don't know. We had a little side discussion about uh, my tangent about people, one-issue voters. Someone suggested they duel with Nerf guns. I like that idea. Could you see, like, AOC and Bernie with Nerf guns? That'd be amazing. I don't want to shoot the, the Nerf gun. I just want my pudding cup. <laughs> uh, I want free health care for everybody in my pudding cup. Why do I have this, this plastic gun? You can't fire a Nerf gun if you're wearing mittens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kyle says she's not wrong on everything, uh, meaning Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I'm still embarrassed that she's representing my state. Yeah, I think pretty much everybody feels that way at this point. Is that is is that his district district two or? Um, is that your district or just your state? I don't know. I'll check down at the bottom. If you want to keep going the go other direction, CJ wants to talk about Liz Cheney. I don't want to talk about Liz Cheney because I think she's awful. We talked that one to death, and we did that one last week, too. Yeah, we did. We talked about that for a while. Um, when I talked about Rainwater, lots of people were commenting that they supported him, which is fantastic. Um, CJ says, can we bring back Ding Dong Ditch, some feathers and tar? That should be a thing. Ooh. 
Defensively. Fully agree. Defensively, just chuck it. Um, Nailbender said, I'm a contractor. I can get roofing tar and 55-gallon drums. Defensively. <laughs> Defensively. Chilaga <laughs> <laughs> uh, reiterated that COVID deaths are in hospitals, second nursing homes. No one dies at home. Yeah, I think more people died at home in Europe than died here at home. And then we had a discussion about how absolutely terrible coma was. <laughs> Don't like people is a mood. Yes, it is totally mood. It's a whole personality at this point. We had a discussion about masks and how ridiculous it is to wear multiples of them. I don't like wearing please, one. Oh, CJ says, please tell me y'all follow Diego Rivera. I know Diego. I worked with Diego in New Mexico and I love Diego. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who that is. Diego I'm open Rivera, to it. Diego's wonderful. He's angry all the time, but I love him anyway. Which he begrudgingly accepts. <laughs> um, Grant said, no hazmat suits, infinite masks until no air passes through. Mm, that seems a little counterproductive. Did you see Shapiro was out there like, you know, gang, if you put a plastic bag over your head and put a rubber band around your neck, then you won't, I guarantee you won't die of COVID, okay? Ridiculous. Oh, Quest says pudding. When did Bernie become Bill Cosby? That's funny. That's a pudding pot, <laughs> not a pudding cup. <laughs> All right. Why don't you take us away? Okay, I just want to answer one from uh, Richard Oakley. Oh, you answered it already. Yeah, they'll all be on the YouTube. You can uh, grab that link in the description to my YouTube channel, which will bring you to the live room where you can come back and uh, throw a subscription my way as well. And then you can see everything archived because there are 27 more of these in the background as well. So you can go back and check them out, all the backlogs for Ed's World. But uh, let's find the outro music and head on out of here. Found it. Yay! All right, so that is going to be it for the show. Thank you, everybody who came in here and checked us out. And thank you to the newcomers as well. I see a lot of new names in here. I see a lot of new people, and I hope to see you guys again. I will be back here in the morning for my morning show, Contemporary. Hope to see some of you guys over there as well. That's not going to be on Elaine's channel. That's just going to be on my six. So go ahead and grab one of those out of the description. Come and hang out. We do commentary. I don't read the commentary in the morning, but uh, I do take the commentary. And I thank you guys personally at the end of the week. So hope to see some of you guys over there as well. Otherwise, we'll be back here next week to discuss more and more of all of the fun stuff that we see happening in the government and across the country and across the world. On Contemporary, I'm sure that the government is not going to disappoint because, hey, we've got an impeachment coming up here, so come and check us out. You can check us out live, YouTube, DLive, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook on both platforms, and Trovo, or you can catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on BitChute.com, or you can take us on the go, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher and Spotify. Go and check us out one of there. If you're over on iTunes, leave us that five-star rating and a good review. That always helps us move up the charts. And lastly, feel free to go check out freedomscoop.com where we hold all of our archives, or we will once the website gets back up and running. We are under construction right now, giving away a brand new news aggregator website. And we carry great shows such as The Generational Gap, The Daily Ignoramus, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The Freckles and Brit Show and the R-Rated Conservative. You saw some of those great creators in the chat as well, so go and check all of them out. Go look them up on YouTube or their respective platforms as well. And lastly, 
never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. Lead them out of here with the last word. I am so glad that all of you came and hang out, hang out, hung out with us this week. Why was that so difficult for me to say? <laughs> Um, I hope you come back next week. We are going to live stream every week at 6.30 Eastern on the channel. I will try to remember to post reminders on Sunday or Mondays, but we'll always be here. If you follow the page, you will get the notification and you're always welcome to come in the chat and hang out with us. This was so much fun. Um, I hope you guys have a great night and a great week. I have a shout out to give um, Travis. He's a brand new um, Patreon subscriber. He paid for the level where he gets a shout out. So if you want to see your name, I'll shout out your name on Monday nights. When we talk in the chats, then check out my Patreon. It just launched today. Awesome. Take care, guys. We will see you either tomorrow or next week, and we'll see you then. Take Bye. care.